Welcome to episode 276 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Coming to you uh, from Pasadena, uh, it is a very lovely day. Um, it's a Sunday, and uh, we're recording this show in my front room. And I have to tell you, Jason, I'm running on fumes today. Running on fumes. Yeah, you look like crap. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> well, I, I, it's just, just uh, they, they call it the six-month sleep regression. Uh, um, but Jack is just up every hour. And um, yeah. Wow. That, but does he cry so much he wakes both of you up? He, he, well, we just kind of have to take it in turns. But yeah, I mean, right. he because he's he sleeps in the same room as us, in a cot in the same room as us. Really? So, yeah. Been yeah. after six months, huh? Yeah. So. Oh. Yikes. Well, hopefully that doesn't last long. Um, yeah, I hope so. Too. So what's new? Um, I'm going to Chicago this week. Going across to Chicago. Are you going up to Chicago? It's up. Well, it's more. It's. <laughs> You probably wouldn't say I'm going uh, over to Chicago. You'd you probably say, probably say up. It's I'm going up to Chicago. North, and it, it right. is obviously over and up. But I say okay. Chicago. Or just I can never get it right. Anyway, we're just yeah. going to Chicago. You you always say down when it's up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will be flying to Chicago tomorrow at 2 p.m. and then I'll be back on Thursday. So yeah, I'll be there for the week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So Raise your butt up, man. It, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a shock with I have, yeah, it, it is told. hard to believe it's February when like a day like today, right? I mean I know. Seventy four degrees, not a cloud in the sky. It's like perfection. Yeah. And you're gonna do Chicago and it's gonna be just brutal. So um I got a a, a nice way to open the show. So um uh, Giacomo, who you worked with um to teach you I didn't work with, I hired him as a you, tutor for electrical, electrical engineering. engineering. Electrical engineering yeah. So you hired Giacomo and, and he is working on a business idea. And um he had told you about his business idea and you had uh a, he, he taught he we were uh, so I put the tutoring on hold for right, a while, yeah, which I've yeah. talked about because I just had too much stuff going on. But I see him at the gym two, three days a week. Yeah. And we always to chat for five minutes and um he mentioned that he had this idea and he's like, do you know anybody who can like build it or whatever? And I said, yeah, I know somebody. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so I said, in fact, I know just the guy. Um, and uh, so I pointed him at you and you guys started talking, right? Yeah. So, um, so we, we spoke a lot and I think that I'm in a similar position to you, like where I'm super busy um, and it's just not quite right for me. But I promised the guys that uh, I, we would do a shout out on the show just to see if there's anyone who's interested in being a technical uh, co-founder um, um, just to link you guys up, put you guys in touch. All right. Cause they, they, they essentially need somebody to build the product for yeah, the exactly. technical work. Yeah. Okay. They need someone to, to build a product. But I mean, I think we'd both agree that the idea has legs and in, in many ways it's been validated by, at least by other businesses. Yeah. I think there's a possibility there. And I think, uh, I mean, I like Giacomo a lot. I don't know, his business partner, Federico. Federico. Yeah. I, I've never met him, but um, I, you know, Giacomo is a very—he's uh, a high-quality guy, very yeah. smart guy, yeah. uh, nice guy, and uh, you know, hardworking, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, if there's yeah, if there's somebody out there who uh, is looking to, I don't know, be a technical co-founder or something, and uh, I, don't, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter if they're remote, obviously. Yeah, you know, no, not too much. I mean, so basically, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting space, and. Um, if you're if you're thinking okay it's, on the, I, it's the it's in the on demand like right Uber. right so everybody like everybody's trying to do these days right <laughs> so if you you know if you'd like if you fancy yourself a technical co-founder interested in working with a couple of sharp guys to build out a new project then 
send us an email to uh, podcast at textinglive.com and we'll put you in touch with them. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, what else is going on? Um, well, uh, Digidoo is going well. Um, the whole infrastructure is going, going very nicely. I don't have huge amount of uh, news to talk about there. Um, on a personal level, um, I guess the walking desk might be something you worry. Right. Yeah. Did you finally get it's, it? No, I did not. It's, what? It's, <laughs> Come on. You're just, you're killing me here. I mean. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like, I guess the, the Christmas rush, like everyone wanted a, a walking, a walking desk, desk. desk. That was the, uh, I, this Christmas. I mean, I got the treadmill know, part. Patch kit or what, what, what was the one a few years ago that everyone, and I was a cabbage patch. Uh, I don't know, whatever, but it was the big item of the year. They, the walking right. Desk, yeah. At least they, they, they didn't have the inventory. Well, it's, so it's it's actually the um, the desk part because I I got a, a separate desk. I wanted to get one that was you could just click a button; it would go up and down. So I found through reviews was one that looked good, and I guess they just had a lot of uh, demand for that over Christmas. So anyway, it's coming this Friday. Well, you said that to me about a month ago. I remember at lunch you raked. No, I, I have. I actually ra- have. I had to get you home early because you and you actually. Called Georgie, like I think I saw the truck is going to deliver it. Okay, that was for the that was for the the treadmill. I do have the treadmill. Okay, right. Um, this is the the desk part, but no, I, I mean I've got the delivery tracking thing, so I'm tracking it. I can see it's like it's moved across America. Oh, you can. You're it's watching. in LA now. It's that they've already called me up and scheduled delivery for the next. This, ah, this is like soiling all over again. You know, it's like, <laughs> like it took a year. It to takes get you so long to get the these things. You, by the time you got it, you, you forgot didn't why. Want, like, you didn't you, want it anymore. You, no, I know, I know. You're like, I'm over soiling. I, I got this other thing called Ambronite. Have you heard of that? And that's so that was a st- that, that was, was like it sounds like soiling combined with Ambien. Is it like if you take right before you go to sleep? so so Ambronite? Uh, basically, I believe it's a Swedish. Uh, it's, it's either Finnish or Swedish, something like that. Um, and they're doing soylent, but with completely organic ingredients. And I ordered that like a year ago, and I, it just recently came in the post. And I'm like, over it. You're over it. Over it. So, so you don't. <laughs> okay. So why are you over? I mean, you I don't know. It was interesting at the time. <laughs> well, I, okay. So you had the like, what was it called space food or something? That space you nutrients. Yeah, yeah, space. You did space that for a little station. while, right? That was pretty good. Was yeah. that the custom soylent? Yeah, yeah. The DIY soylent yeah. or whatever you would call it. You would basically they have like, they have like the Justin Vincent recipe. And they yeah. make it for you and send it to you? Yeah. And then you stopped it because why? I just kind of got bored of it. You are such a dilettante. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, especially when it comes to this kind of stuff. I just like to try stuff and see what happens. Well, okay. It's like, I know. You're, you're not even, it's like, like, you're, not even could it? you're not even running experiments. You're like a guy who walks around like, uh, <laughs> uh, like uh, one of those like food ta- taste tests. I don't know what they call like those... Um, um, oh god, I don't know. Like a food fair, you know, when they have all, like a little, and you can go out and you have like a little free taste of each yeah. restaurant. That's what you like. Yeah, just to see what in life to see what it is. You just kind of go and taste a little bit, and move on. No, that is right. I mean, I do like that. I like to see what life has to offer. You know, what's it? What's it going to offer me now? What's wrong so, with that? No, I just it's, <laughs> you're like you're like a guy who like never does any of that, right? No, I do. I try. I get it. Okay, I fine. do a lot of stuff, but I'm just with the food stuff. It's just funny because. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the whole point of it wasn't just because you want, it was, it was, I mean, we were both obviously curious about how it would taste and whether you could yeah, so replace it's, so, so, a meal or two a day, or at the very least, I don't know, something like that. I mean, but, you know, it was also a way to do, to, to lose weight. Yeah. Right. As a weight loss 
mechanism. If you could maybe replace your lunch with it and your middle and your, you know, and, and you probably again cut cutting four or 500 calories a day out just by having that as a lunch replacement, maybe that would be a way to lose weight pretty painlessly. But I don't know. So what happened with the idea of losing weight by consuming a Soylent like product? Yeah. That's just hope that the desk works. So you just don't like it? Are you just, you just, it, because it, you it, don't like the idea of drinking? Yeah, it's just like, milk? like when you, when you try, I mean, it just, it doesn't. Satisfy. doesn't satisfy. It just, yeah, doesn't satisfy. Like you have some water, that's your lunch? Yeah. It just, it just doesn't work. How many, how many, cal- how many calories would you get in a, in a soylent shit? I, th- I believe it's 670. 670 calories? Yeah. So they split it up by, you know, and 2000 through the day, right? And wow, that is not a lot of food. I mean, and that's My, if you drink a third, by the way. So that it's not really split up like that. It's the way that it's split up is you just get the full jug. So you put one thing in the jug; it's two thousand calories, and you just pour it out. Are they assuming that's all you're going to eat an entire day? Well, they they don't assume that, and they say that it's just it is just a supplemental food. But that's kind of what everyone says on the forums because my. There's a basal metabolic rate and BMR, which is my, the amount of calories I burn if I were in a coma is 1966. Right. So I burn that much if I didn't even move. As <laughs> much as if I didn't even walk around, my like, you know, I probably burn 2400 just kind of not out of day, I don't even work out. So it's like, how the hell would you live off that unless you're kind of like five foot eight, 140 pounds and, you know, I don't know. I guess, I guess there is, you know, you are supposed to supplement it then. I mean, they do, they do say that on the site. Okay. Well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So you've moved beyond. You're you're over it. You you don't like it. It's not enough. It doesn't doesn't satisfy you. Um. Now you. I, I'm walk- just the walking. I'm mean, I'm just I'm very hopeful for the walking desk solution, okay. but I just haven't got it yet. I think your tagline <laughs> should be Justin Vincent. Justin Vincent, hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's good to be hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> tell me about the uh not the walking desk i mean not the walking desk but the treadmill because you've still been using the treadmill you said when you have meetings yeah or phone calls or whatever yeah you you, you do it while you're talking yeah just do it i mean walking. so there's there's different kind of levels that you can do it at so um you can start off at half a mile an hour which is basically you actually can't notice that you're walking in fact that's too slow it's actually painful to walk at half a yeah, mile an hour right so i find that like if i'm really concentrating one mile an hour is good I can concentrate. I, I can actually be on the phone, like like a, a kind of roasting conversation, a, like a, a hands free phone. Right. I could have the computer in my hand because I have no desk and I could be typing URLs and <laughs> looking at things. Wow. Without tripping over. Although I have tripped over a few times. <laughs> it's like better for your iPad if you don't have any. It may be easier to hold an iPad and type than it would be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if, if I can do that without actually having a desk, then I'm. It's going to be not a problem with a desk because you, you basically your hands, your your arms rest on the desk. That's the reason why you've got the thing to move it up and down. Your arms rest on the desk, and you walk at like one mile an hour. It keeps you steady. It keeps you on the treadmill. You don't need to worry about looking at your feet. That's the thing, right? Because because if you're not looking at your feet, you can just turn slightly sideways, and then one foot goes in front of the have other. You done a face plant yet? No, no, I have not. But I have, like I said, I've twice. I've been like little kind of you didn't fall off i didn't I, you I didn't get thrown off i didn't get no I'm not, it's not going too fast although um a, f- a friend of mine did send me this video of all these people who got completely splattered 
on treadmills. Yeah, no, I've seen, I've <laughs> really seen at the gym fun. one time. There was this one girl who like was rolling, like landed on her head, then landed on her feet, like just kept on kind of rolling on it. Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> so, how many hours a day do you do that? Because it when I we first talked about it, it was like within the first. It's week. probably it's probably like an. I mean, the thing is, it's it is honestly a pain. So I do it like an hour, probably a day at the moment, at the most. But that's the whole point of the deck because. Like the whole point of the desk is that you don't kind of notice it. Whereas the scenario that I just described to you, you definitely do notice it. Like you're holding the computer. You've got to make sure your feet are one, one foot in front well, of the other. Well, you have to get yourself to go do it. Like I'm going to now go walk upstairs. Right. Exactly. And, it's and, not uh, just, yeah, it's just not part well, of it. Well, that's the problem with your little, what was that little foot thing you bought? You like little stepper thing that you got where you showed everyone at the texting conference that you yeah. used? Just too much effort required. I, I, I guess, I guess you just, this is the, this is the, um, Justin Vincent. The Hopeful. Justin Vincent lambasting hour. Hopeful. Would you call this the lambaste Justin segment? Oh, well, I, I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, at the end of the day, we need to be an entertaining show. So if I can help to entertain the, uh, if I can help to entertain you people, that's fine by me. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> so, all right. So, so it's about, an update uh, in another two to three weeks, <laughs> and we'll see if you're actually using it and you haven't like. Yeah. Well, I just hope you're not over it by the time it gets here. So the reason why Jason is milking this subject right now is because we have like barely any topics to talk about. Just, well, just as an FYI. Well, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I part of the reason was, well, okay. So I I emailed you or whatever, or hit you on Skype before I came over, and I just said I don't really have any topics. But then I just sort of wrote down some things that have popped in my head, or just occur, or things that had occurred in my life in the last couple of weeks. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess. I Oh, you do? You got some? Well, you know, we have I ever run out of things at time? No, I've I mean I it's I've never ever. been I've never been able to get you off the show less than an hour and a half. Well, I, I know the minute I said sent that, I'm like, what am I even talking about? Of course, it doesn't even matter. I could just Exactly. I, I don't even know why. Exactly. I'm just to keep about on going. It. But I don't have as many topics that I haven't read as much interesting stuff. I, I so I go into Instapaper, which is kind of where I paste things to read. Yeah. And uh, and then the things that I read at night on the iPad. And I still have, as I have like 30 or 40 super interesting things to read in my to read list. And there's all the things that I've read in the last couple weeks. And a lot of them are just like, they're okay, but they're not great topics. Yeah. Just weren't that interesting. And, and part of it was like, well, they might have seemed like they were interesting. And then, they were, and then I read them. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of what I would have predicted they would have said. So it right. wasn't that interesting. But I've also noticed, see, here's a problem I have now with Instapaper. So anytime throughout the day when I, need to take a mental break from whatever I'm doing and I go and I hate Hacker News or Google Plus or go somewhere off and I look at just read some uh, find some links or whatever um, I'll oftentimes unless it's like a three paragraph article I'll read like the first paragraph and go oh, that looks pretty good and then I'll just hit save get a newspaper and turn it off and then I get this huge backlog of articles like anywhere from two to ten a day and then if I don't read that many all of a sudden now I'm you know not only am I already in my existing 500 unread articles, now I've added another 20 on, you yeah. know? And so now what happens is, in, Insta, in Instapaper, you can see basically how many screens worth of, of, of reading material each article is. And the ones that have like three or four dots, three or four screens, I'm like, oh, I can knock that out in just five minutes. I'll read. So I keep reading all the short ones, kind of like my to-do items in my inbox. Mm -hmm. So it's like Instapaper is my other to inbox. Right, it's like my mental inbox. Yeah, and so I and I do the same zero. You want zero inbox? Inbox, like I want zero Instapaper, and but all it does is I read all of the short articles and all the all of the 
you know, thousand, fifteen hundred word articles are things that I just have, I never get to because I'm like, oh God, I could commit to that thing for like 45 minutes. So you got to, the way you treat it is the way I treat my Gmail inbox then a little bit. You just got to let go of things. You know, now I just kind of go through it and mm-hmm. I try to like, what should I read? But I still keep picking off the short articles because I, I have a hard time getting myself to skim articles. I'm either, either, either study it like I'm taking a test or I don't read it. <laughs> but, I don't, you know, speaking of articles, getting articles like on Hacker News and stuff, I've really gravitated towards just looking on the new page as opposed to the homepage. Oh, really? I've just found that a lot of stuff that everybody... The same as an echo chamber. It's just what, whatever the, the consensus view on Hacker News on what's interesting, I don't really find that interesting. I think, or, yeah, either it's not as interesting to me as it is to the... You upvote it when you, when you read it. Uh, sometimes. I mean, not really, because it doesn't make a difference. Obviously, I'll, I'll upvote things on the new section. That That's I, what I mean, yeah. Yeah, but some, you know, I'll do that if I think it's good. Yeah. But I tend to find a lot more interesting stuff that is on there. And I also kind of like, you know, okay, you, you kind of want to... I like finding things that other people aren't finding and go, okay, here, this is something that's kind of interesting. You know, like no one else has realized that this is worth thinking about. You don't right? want to be one of the crowd. Well, whenever, what's the, as a, the great Mark Twain quote, which goes something like, whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's a time to reflect. <laughs> right. You know, that I know, I think I've heard that. That was another, I think that was actually with a, um, interview on uh tim ferris show with uh with diamandis the guy who does the x prize mm-hmm. he actually quoted that and uh i like that's a great article and i've always kind of been a not purposely contrarian but i kind of operate that way and i kind of whenever like hey i think the same thing everybody else thinks i'm always like huh uh-oh that's <laughs> bad news like hey everybody thinks the stock is go up i'm gonna buy that stock like <laughs> that is usually the wrong idea <laughs> You know, and I know from the market and the market being kind of like a conversation where it's clear where the dumb money and the smart money is. The dumb money is usually with everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems like it's the smart. It seems like it's a smart money, money in the short term, but usually all the smart money is already out or mostly out getting out. And I think that with, um, you know, that doesn't that analogy doesn't totally work with ideas or whatever. But I don't know when everybody thinks something is a really good idea. I was very uh uh unsure that, that that's really true um but anyway so the so the new the new page you get a bunch of stuff where it just seems like it's unproven and yeah there's stuff up there that's kind of meh but there's also a lot of stuff that's interesting yeah i, I noticed that too when i look at the new page but um i do i mean i i'm almost the opposite though i kind of look at the best page sometimes just because sometimes if I haven't seen, you know, looked at it for a week or something, I want to see, okay, what was the general theme of the week? But I, I do notice that it seems to be kind of similar. That's the only thing. Yeah, and it might also just because... Same advice keeps coming up. I think, you know, we've been there a long time. It's it, I think this happens in a lot of online communities. It's like you have a lot of people who are new to the community or to the world, and they're asking questions that were asked we already answered, and answered yeah. eight years ago. Yeah. And yeah. seven years ago. And six And you're just like, oh. Uh, like how many times is going to be a new JavaScript framework? Yeah. How many times are we going to talk about? Don't do this. You should do this. Did you JavaScript framework? You're just like, oh my god, you know. And it's like for people who are like just getting started in their tech or entrepreneurial careers, and you know, there's probably they're very smart guys or 
women and they're just kind of getting going, but it is relatively new to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're like, this is really important. You're like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was important, but, but and it is important, but it's just, I've seen it and I'm bored of it because it's like, I know, I, I just know it. And, um, so anyway, I, I, you know, I, and, and I just see a lot of the stuff on Hacker News is, is probably like that, unfortunately. And, uh, for me, and it's not that you think it's bad. It's just, I've kind of, I feel like I've, it just feels like a rehash. Like it's like a remake of a remake of a movie I've seen, <laughs> you know? Well, I've got something to talk to you about, um, or to ask you, uh, your, your investment Mill Valley Code Club. MV Code Club. MV right. Code Club. Um, I remember the last time we spoke about that, you kind of had a plan to do debt equity. Um, we were talking about that. Well, that was something we were looking into was debt yeah. financing, not yeah. debt equity. Debt financing, yeah, yeah. Debt finance, which was which is short for basically getting a loan. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or long term for getting a loan. Yeah, I mean that's yeah that's the way uh, you know that's. So, so so where are you at now? You've got two locations. We have two locations: one in Mill Valley, which is the original one, and yeah. the other one in Greenbrae. Both of these are in Marin, yeah. which if you're looking at San Francisco, it's the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, it's kind of a that's a very beautiful place. I hear it's very beautiful. Yeah. Uh, um. And we're looking towards getting a third location, probably in San Francisco. Um, and the the thing is, you know, we I, we we have the, the the demand is there, but we have a short term cash crunch because we can only grow so fast. You know, I mean, even if you are making money and growing as a business, you you don't accumulate excess capital to invest in something else that quickly yeah you know it takes time unless the margin's ridiculous yeah and but you know we're hiring people you know we have like yeah. seven or eight full-time people oh and it's yeah, not okay. like it's like two guys who yeah. are paying themselves half a salary i mean we got and then we got we have like seven or eight full-time people and then we have you know whatever a dozen two dozen instructors or something you know who work hourly right college and high school type age kids um so i mean we can grow off our own steam and open, you know, we'd probably still open a couple locations this year, but it'd be awesome if we could like, Hey, we can open six locations, you know? And then when, and then, and then with that, the, you know, we can grow, you know, it's obviously that the logic's obvious. I don't have to like spell it out, but, um, so I talked to a couple of people and a, one friend of mine knew the CEO of mighty hive, who's a, who's a very bright guy and is, mm knows a fair amount about the money raising process and has done so himself. And he, one thing he was suggesting is like, look, you know, if you guys are profitable and growing and you actually have physical locations and things like that, like, and you actually have real cash flow and stuff, why don't you just go to bank and get yeah. it? We looked into that. Now they have like the small, the SMBA, the small business loans or whatever they call. And, um, which are like, it's sort of subsidized by the federal government and there's, there's these programs that banks have for, for small businesses and, but it takes a long time to get them and it's like six months or something, three yeah. six months and it's kind of a pain. You need to move a bit faster than that. There's a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of stipulations and things. It just was not really worth the headache and, and I don't think you can get that much money really. And then really the other one came to getting what's, what's basically a line of credit. Right. Yeah. Line of credit. Which essentially is like a credit card. You know, and who, so, so you have to guarantee the credit card. Yeah. And until a business gets to like, I don't know what it was, it was like $10 million a year revenue or something oh. like that you, once you get to that stage, it's like the collateral can be shares in the company or something like that is, I think I remember that was a conversation I had with a banker, but, um, 
prior to that, prior to reaching that stage, you have to personally guarantee it. And so Doug and I would have to personally guarantee it. So effectively, we're just... You can't, you can't get the money until you don't need the money. Very funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Oh, I guess I think I said that <laughs> yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah, right. It's, it's sort of like, um, it's very similar to the movie Swingers. Remember that part of the he's like, she'll come back when you're over her. Yeah. Remember when, he, yeah. Remember when he's talking to John Favreau's character? Right, right yeah. Like, that's when she'll come back. When you're completely over is when she's going to call. But when, if you're pining away for her, she's not going to call. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so investors in general, I know this is a big... They're talking about investors now. In general, investors yeah. generally are looking for the optimal risk-reward ratio. The optimal risk-reward is huge reward with no risk. Right. Yeah. So the as much and that's just the rational thing to do. You and I would would do that, right? I don't want a lot of risk. I want a lot of reward, or at the very least, I want a lot of reward for a little risk. I don't know. I mean, like your your seventy five thousand investment in MV Code Club was kind of risky. It's hugely risky. Yeah. It's hugely risky. Um, but um, uh, you know, that's not a typical angel style investment. You know, that's a, um, that's a fools and family investment. Yeah, I mean, that's the, you know, I'm a silent partner and I'm putting, you know, back in this thing. You know, that was more, it was less of an angel. I mean, like, early on. Like, uh, oh, but let me just do one okay, thing. Okay, yeah, sure. <clears throat> so, and then you can have the floor. I can have the floor. floor. You have the floor. Oh, you want. okay. <laughs> but, well, maybe not as long as you want, maybe a minute. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, um, so investors are looking to invest in foregone conclusions. In their mind, they look at that and they go, I look at the data points, I see the growth, and I, it's very easy to see that that's going to continue. And we figured out that as long as we put more money in, it's just going to accelerate that curve. They're not generally looking for, hey, this is an unproven concept. I like the idea. I'm just going to put money. But there's so many examples like color, for example. I mean, there's, there's many examples that you see in the news where it just sounds like inve- investors saw a business plan and they gave some money. The stuff that makes the news... Most of the time, it are investments in celebrity entrepreneurs, meaning entrepreneurs who have already had massive exits or very high profile exits. So it's like backing a movie that Tom Cruise is going to star in or Brad Pitt's going to star. Right. If they're attached, it's like, yeah, I think I'll, I want to, you know, I'll, I'll put money behind the movie. That's why when they try and get movies made, they try and get a star attached to it. So you you might want to, or a director attached. Spielberg is directing it. Soderbergh is directing it. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, here's my okay, money. Right, right. So think about it this way. So if it's like, oh, the founder of Dropbox is starting a new company, people just jump in. Yeah. Because a, they've been a proven success. They've had a big success, a big financial exit of some kind, and they had. They also know that they're going to be pulling in lots of other top tier investors. So they're going to get. They're not going to have a problem getting money that they might need. And then, you know, and then the, and they got a they get I mean, connection. Yeah. And so the, they're going to get easy publicity because it's a high profile person and, and whatever. So, and there's a lot of things tied up in that whole thing. So celebrity investors, I mean, celebrity entrepreneurs are not treated the same way as not anyone just walking in. Yeah. An idea, a mock-up, a tiny bit of traction. That's not going to do crap. They don't, you're not, you know, it's like, you know. So for, for, the, for the man on the street, if you just have, but what happens if you, you've got a, 
I don't know, you've got a lot of credibility or something. There's none of that means anything. Basically, you just have when you, to. When you say got a lot of credibility, what does that mean? Well, like you translate that. Like you, like you. For so, for example, you helped to build the infrastructure of Uber. You know, okay. you've built a company before. You know, you've yes. you've done a lot. I mean, why why can't you? I mean, clearly, you're going to be able to execute on the technology, right? Okay, I, I think there's a difference between like if I got into a VC meeting and I had I'd have to be part of a team first of yeah. all as a non celebrity. So I would be the technical co-founder mm-hmm. and there'd be this other, you know, business, you know, non-technical co-founder. They would look at me and they'd go, huh, well, Jason looks like he's done some really important technical things. Right. You guys look like you get a solid team. Right. Assuming the, the, the non-technical founder had, could pull their own weight. Right. Um, but it's not like, holy crap. Jason built some great software. I would put my money in. I'm not a celebrity by any stretch. But I, so, so what I'm saying is, you'd be part. You'd be in the conversation then. You and this other guy. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's not even remotely the same thing. Not, the, not, not the remotely same the same thing. I mean, you know, from people I've talked to, what I've seen. I mean, look, we've we've been trying to raise a little bit of money for for MV Go Club, right? Um, not super aggressively, but we've talked. To, we've been talking to people. We've been talking to some potential angels. You know, I put some feelers out to some people. But it's still, it's still what I told Doug in the first place. Like, I don't think peop- angels are going to invest in us until we have at least three locations cranking out cash. Well, because you, but the thing is, it is cranking out cash. I mean, so, and even, even with a, something that's proven traction, cranking out cash. It's still too small. It's still, still too it small. Hasn't, and it hasn't been enough time. We just switched over to a monthly subscription model from like a buy the hour, pay by the hour yeah. model. And so that, that needs at least probably six months of data for to prove it, to prove how that works. And it's just, I think psychologically, I mean, this is my own theory on it, but I think psychologically three is a, there's a big difference. There's a huge difference between one and two. Yeah. And, but, and there's a very, and I still, there's a very strange between three and two, but after three, it starts to just like end, right? It's like having three kids. And <laughs> once three is end, you know, there's one, two, and then there's end. You know? so I, th- I think once you show three, it looks like you have a certain amount of scalability, a yeah. certain amount of like, um, you know, you just ability to, to scale. That's nice. And that's a good way of looking at it. And I think, yeah, I think that's, that's part of it. Um, but um, okay, so but just about the money raise, it hasn't been, you know, it's a lot of oh, really excited what you guys are doing. Uh, keep me keep me up to date. I'm very I'm interested because because it's not a foregone conclusion. Not a foregone conclusion. So when it's a foregone conclusion, then they're going to be oh, let me give you this check, and then and then it's going to be like, but that's the point where we'll they're not going to get very good terms anymore. No, yeah. The reason that I got really good terms with um, Doug and MV Co Club is I just said, I text him and I will say, I'll give you 50,000 for 10% right now. I'll mail you a check. I'm not going to negotiate. I'm not going to, you know, and that's it. And he said, well, uh, you know, uh, and I said, dude, don't think too hard. I didn't. I mean, like half a million dollar valuation. I think that's pretty reasonable. We have 80 kids in our six months, you know, I mean, I'd even say that to him. I just said, I think it's, I, you know, but and, that, but that strikes me as a bit silly because, not what you did, but the, from the angel's perspective, because I, I remember reading this post by Jason Calacanis. He's saying like, you know, it's kind of hard for angels to find good deals. Like he's like, for example, like the Uber deal, like no one could get on in that because it was just Travis's friends. And like, 
I mean, there's a lot of deals out there. And if you meet people at your stage, you know, you, you could be able to kind of ascertain, wait a second, these guys have a lot of shit together. This is a time that I should be investing so that I get a great reward. But because if they try and invest later, as you say, the terms are going to be shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was funny. I was talking to my, um, well, I won't mention names here, because, but a buddy of mine who worked with an angel group, and he said, he said, you know, the, the angels are constantly complaining that they can't get in on the good deals, huh. right? They're all, that's just like this ongoing bitch fest, right? You know, but they never, uh, they're very risk averse and they're very slow to move and they always want to like, well, who's el- who else is investing? Who else is investing? Who else is in it? Like, I, they just, they're sheep. They just want to follow someone else. I mean, I, like, I, if I had money, I, I would be exactly the opposite. I, I have to be honest. You like, may not hold on to it. I know, that's, that's, that's true. <laughs> but I would, I would really, I would be looking for those kind of d- deals a lot. I would not be wanting to want to go on the ones where everyone else is going on. Like you have, you have a lot of validation in your company right now. Like I believe in, in my opinion, I mean, MV it's like, Coco? yeah, like why wouldn't you put money in that? That just seems crazy. Like at this stage to get, to get the better, to it's get the better still, deal. It's, I mean, from externally, it's still not a foregone conclusion. I mean, I put it in because I believed in the idea generally. Yeah. Even if all the, all the knobs weren't, Turn to the ideal position, the pricing, the this, the marketing, whatever. I I believe the model would generally work if there was demand there and there was a customer that willing to pay at the price point that would work. And I wanted. I it was also personal in the sense that I had been doing it. It was an idea that I had had, um, but I didn't feel like it was something I could pursue myself. So it was a way for me to participate in it. And but even beyond all that, I believe in Doug. Mm. No, I mean, and it's proven even thus far, like to be a really smart decision because Doug is an extremely smart, thoughtful, careful, hardworking, committed guy. He's exactly what you want. He also seems like a kind of a hustler, like to make it happen, right? He's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. He's hard work. Well, he's all in, you know, and, uh, and see, he was the CTO of Payscale. Like, so he's been through a company that's gone and raised money and had up rounds and down rounds and finally was acquired and the whole life cycle. And he's seen a lot of the mistakes that were made and things that were done when they had too much money and things that were just done inefficiently. And so now he's like, okay, like these are things that I need, you know, I'm not going to let happen. And I feel like he's learned a lot of the hard lessons and, uh, you know, so anyway, so I ultimately was investing in, in him. It was the idea plus him. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know, man. I mean, in the end, I think, why do most people not make money in the market? It's the same reason most angels don't get in the good deals. It's because people are fearful. They don't think for themselves. They don't look at first principles. They think too superficially. They're very cargo cultish in their thinking. I don't know. It's just why people don't aren't successful at that kind of stuff. That's what I think. Yeah, well, um, there was a, another uh, blog post that Jason Calacan has put out very recently um, saying... How much should you raise for your seed? And I guess seed is what you get for the angels. That's that's the angels round. He's saying like 2015, 750,000 is what you need. You know, that's you 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 should be you need to go for 18 months to prove the idea. Um and you want to be spending about 30 to 40,000 a month for 18 months. So well, well he would know he invests in a lot of stuff. It sounds about right. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, I don't know if it's 
I wouldn't know if it was 750 or 400 or whatever, but it sounds yeah. about right. You know, I mean, I haven't, you know, I don't know as much, obviously as much as he does about that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, but I mean, getting a 750 is, you know, you just don't show up not being a celebrity entrepreneur and say, Hey, here's the mock-ups and, you know, prototype of the site. And, you know, we're going to, in my co-founder and, you know, give us a crazy million. Like, <laughs> I think you can count the number of times that happens on like one hand. I mean, that just, there, if the times that that happens, the person is a celebrity or has some special connection to the money. Yeah. Um, you know, I think normal people have to work to get to the point. They have to raise, they have to build stuff on their own bootstrap to a certain degree, friends and family, money, credit cards, whatever, get something going. <laughs> get some basic traction, you know, and uh, it's like with Doug and I, you know, Doug kind of put up a little bit of himself. I wrote him a check, you know, we just hustle our way there. And eventually, whether we raise money in April or September or, or whatever, I mean, you know, it's, you just have kind of have to muscle your way to that point. Yeah. All right, cool. So uh, what else you got on your links? Well, I, you know, on the whole company thing, I figured I'd tell you a couple things. I, um, so I, Pulled out on Empath. Pulled the plug on Empath. Oh, yeah. Um, this has been an ongoing thing. I guess we've talked about it in a while. Basically, This is the second year of no, and also withdrawal. Still no. Last still year- no. <laughs> <laughs> last year was no. This year it's still no. Um, well, <laughs> last year was... Well, the first part of last year was... I said no, but actually I meant maybe. <laughs> You're right. This year is at re- really... I really mean re- no. I really mean no. Um, so, and the reason is, so we'll get an empath in a second, but just generally, um, you know, and I guess most people listening to the show have just been like, are probably smiling and shaking their head and go, yeah, like no crap, but I was overextended. <laughs> I did way too many things. If there's anything that was more obvious <laughs> to more people than anything is that I was trying to do way too many things. And um, not, only, not only did I sort of boundary chest that and realize that, you really can't get much wood on the ball when your your tension split in that many different directions mm-hmm. and you underperform and things and um and things just don't happen i mean and and that was something that we've had a conversation about recently where and my advice that I'm just going to people like imagine me coming down the street and you're thinking about going down the street and I'm like, go back, do not try and do five things, don't <laughs> even try and do three things like don't do it it's just i mean for one. You're going to underperform. And two, you're going to, things are going to take way too long. So you're going to miss opportunities. You're going to miss the opportunity to achieve on that thing. Uh, and uh, three, um, you're going to stress yourself out. You're not stress gonna, yourself you're out. You're going to stress yourself out. You're not going to, you just, you're not going to, you're not going, you know, you're not going to be in a good state of mind. You're just have too many stu- things always floating in the back of your brain. Like, I do this, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. And um, it's very, it's not a great feeling. So what do you recommend? One main job and one side project? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I mean, that's for people who are bootstrapping, I guess. I, I would say in generally is, you know, don't try and do a lot of things. You know, I mean, whatever that means for you in your life, try and focus. All oh, right. Okay. Possible. So a lot of things could be, I mean, like, for example, trying to learn to dunk. You know, doing a, doing a podcast, like, it's not just businesses, it's just everything. Trying to do too many things. Yeah. Now, some things don't interfere with other things as much, so I need to go work out anyway. Right. 
you so, know, yeah. I'm not going to work until eight o'clock at night, have dinner and then go to, and then go work at sleep. Like I, that was like crap. I have to go to the gym after about five, five thirty, and I get some exercise when he's been stressed. Like that's just part of. Yep. Being a balanced. <laughs> <laughs> drumming you, your hands you're like the the, the the hand drumming police oh my god i drum my hands for a second and you're like dude what are you doing don't drum your hand okay playing the drums there go ahead you want to do some air guitar no no worries i'm sorry for tapping my hand okay so yeah the the, the thing is there are things you can do that don't interfere right yeah um but you know doing two or three tech startups that's like in direct conflict with one another. Right. So. Side projects. Side yeah. projects thing. You know, there are a lot of those things. But even then, there are other things that just take up hours. And, you know, they got to be like trying to learn electrical engineering is a big time commitment. You know, um, and that was just interfering with work and things that are just I need to get done first. So are you going to get back to it at some point? At some circle point. circle back. Um, I'd like to. I just I can't right now. I mean, I just realized that's like, you know. 15 hours a week if you really want to do it right. You know, it's like taking one of these, you know, you know, massively online courses. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it's just, it's just, you need to stay on it and work hard on it. And you got to put in like, you know, fair amount of hours. Otherwise it's just not making any progress and it's just kind of not worth it. Um, you know, maybe it's 10 hours, but I mean, I don't know, 10 to 15 hours. It's a lot, it's a lot, especially on top of everything else. Well, the other side projects. Right. You know, or just work. Just so, on top of work and, and, and taking care of your family. So is Empath the only project? You, so you, well, you didn't describe... Well, the- yeah. So I, I talked to... So it's funny. Though, so Lola had you know, been emailing me and she's like, hey, so what's the status? Can you get this done? Or can we... Because she wanted to get uh, some kind of working MVP-ish demo or something that... She said, well, you you already had, had that though, didn't you? Yeah, not really. I mean, it was just it was really just demoware. I would call right, it. Okay. But we needed something beyond that. Not okay. an MVP, but definitely the next stage. Okay. You get in front of a VC that she, you know, had an opportunity to to get in front of. And she's like, "Can you do this?" And I kept trying. I kept saying, "Well, maybe next weekend I'll have some time." But this, the times were not coming. I could not find the time to do it. And so, and it was really starting to stress me out because it was like that was on top of like you know, Uber and other consulting project or two that were on top of me that I was trying to finish up. And I was just like, you know, this is just, it's just not happening. And it's stressing me out. It's making me feel guilty. It's stressing me out. It's not happening anyway. And also, you know, there, was a, there was a number of reasons why it just didn't fit. You know, one, I don't have time, as it's been explained. Two, I'm not really interested in it as a concept. You know, as a yeah. project. It's not something that I want to spend the next X number of years doing or thinking That's about. pretty key, yeah. Um, three, from a financial standpoint, it doesn't work. I'm like, I, first of all, at a very minimum, I have like, what, a five or five and a half months left to vested Uber. But the soonest that I could possibly get started on anything, even if I was willing to walk away from Uber and not do any work for them anymore, would be August. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you were like, Whitney, right, you, you, even if she magically raised an angel round three quarters of a million dollars like you said and exactly how i said wasn't going to happen you know just off you know some demo wearing an idea um i mean i can't support a family of five off some siri after seed round salary right right you know? that's the I'm problem like, there's no way I can't, there's no way that's happening 
and um and also uh the way the financial thing works out it's like doing another startup like that that's really trying to optimize my income for five to seven years out or more yeah i mean with the way things are looking over and that's hopefully things will go well that's less of a problem than like how are we going to optimize cash flow for the next two years Mm -hmm. Uber goes public or whatever. That's really what I need to be more concerned about, I think, at this point, looking at how everything's playing out. Yeah. Um, And and then I guess finally I was just like, I'm burned out. (laughs) You know, I just don't have it in me. So I, once I really sat down, I thought about those things. I said, you know, I sent an email and I said, listen, it was like midnight and I finally come to this realization. I'm like, (laughs) does any man I look a little, you know, these are the reasons why I just, I can't do this. And I think you need to find somebody who, where all this stuff fits for them. Because mm. none of these pieces fit for me. I want you to succeed, but I, I, I don't have the time available. For number one, I mean, you don't have to go with these other reasons. Number one, I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to find it, and it doesn't, the time isn't there. Mm. And, um, you know, and so we exchanged some emails. I mean, she understood. She was like, you know, she kind of knew that was the case. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I said, oh, the other thing was saying, like, you know, I'm not even like, I don't even think I'm a good as a, you know, on your deck as your co-founder, because once they start asking tougher questions, like, so he can't be available to at least August. And he's, it's like, they're going to be like, he's, is he really going to want to do this? I mean, I just, I don't, and he's not, and he's not going to move to San Francisco or Bay area. He lives down in LA. You know, it's like, and once they look past the superficial and they, and they start finding out what my, what my deal is, they're going to be like, I don't see this guy being wanting to do this, moving up to the Bay Area, digging in on this after just doing all the Uber stuff for so long. That technical co-founder problem, trying to find a technical co-founder, does seem to be a, a massive problem. I like, I just wonder if there's some opportunity in that in its own right. Like some, I'm sure the people have tried it, like dating sites for technical co-founders. They but, do that all the time. Hacker News that shows, shows up about once every three months. There's, but like, do they work? I mean, nothing like pays. Like I mean, the, the the I guess I guess the thing about it is is you kind of need to the, the great co-founders are people like you know Larry and Sergey right because they were together in college they became friends they worked together for a year like it's really difficult to create this kind of instant bond with new people that you meet you know what I mean like to create to build a true team like how do you even build teams that investors are going to believe in when you just met like three weeks ago right you know yeah, yeah. oh. And- one thing I want to say too about the empath thing is the whole thing initially was she called me up and she's like, listen, I, I think I have a handful of clients that would pay money for this. If we right. This yeah. And we can split the, 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 you know, the purchase, the price. And I'm like, so I'm like, well, if you can go pre-sell it, really validate it, then I'll build it. That was what it was all about. In the first place. It was yeah. never about. It was completely startup and raising yeah. money, which I kept yeah. telling her like, she's wanting to do, you know, why comedy? I'm like, I don't know how I fit in that equation. I can't do it full time. I, you know, I'm, I mean, I, all these reasons is not a fit for me, you know, and I'm not going to misrepresent myself to investors or anyone else and, and try and give the impression that I'm going to play this role that they're going to expect me to play, mm. you know? And I was like, so that's just like, I don't know. So anyway, anyway, I feel great. <laughs> Finally, having that off my back. And then there was another idea I, I won't go too in the details on it because i don't know what white the status is and then i'll say i was i had been working on a crypto exchange mm. with two other guys one was a, a technical guy and uh one was a uh 
crypto trader. And um, I, uh, we made a lot of progress, but I was very concerned. It was one of Jason's secrets, secret projects, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it was so one we, you kept referring to. Whenever we said one. secret project, it was the crypto trade one. You kept wanting to, you love to reference those things. But I'm like, I don't already talk about it. Right. <laughs> but you, were, you kept trying to bring it up. <laughs> well, because then it's a new storyline for the show. Yeah. Well, the problem was for me that I, in one sense, it was pretty exciting back in the earlier days when the crypto trading was just getting started. I'm like, maybe we can make this work. There are a few other crypto exchanges that seem to be bootstrapped. But as we were getting things together, we we're making progress, got a lot of cool technology together. We got some really good securities and really highly performing exchange, you know, code that run the actual exchange and everything like that. And learned a lot about how to build something that's really rock solid in a lot of ways. But yeah, there's a lot of risks involved with this. Number one, the, the, the legislation regulating cryptocurrencies is extremely nascent and inconsistent across all of the states, not mention all the different countries. Just every single state, California, Texas, New Jersey, all different. And it applies and could easily be applied to just you have somebody who's living in Tennessee trades it. What's their, what are their laws about um, the currency? Is it not? Does it need to be a, a set up as some kind of money transfer business? What are your anti-money laundering, know your customer, they call it AML, KYC policies, stuff. It's very complicated. And then when you talk, try and talk to people about getting it set up, the, the attorney's fees and all this stuff is just astronomical. That's like, you know, you could easily spend million, million and a half just getting this stuff set up. If just to get each, just to be able to state. And then you have the federal religious, the federal stuff. Um, and, and all of that stuff is, is moving. I mean, there was like, it was not like, this is the established law. And that's the way it is. It's like that stuff was evolving and it could change right in our face. You spend your million and a half and then all of a sudden it's different. Um, and so the thing is, is that like, you could think that you're in compliance and doing things right. And, you know, it, with all the Silk Road, Mt. Gox stuff, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin are a little in the gray area as far as the uh, law enforcement is concerned. And it has an association with illicit activities online. And when you start playing in that area, it just seems like you, it, you could, wouldn't be hard to imagine a scenario where you have an overzealous uh, prosecutor in one of these states say, hey, we're going to make an example of a couple of these cryptocurrencies because, yeah, they didn't, they weren't the Silk Road that sold the drugs, but the, the money went through them and then went in whatever. Therefore, they facilitated some type of drug. And you can't control how the blockchain works. And, yeah, yeah, and, it, you know, I was just like, and, and on, on a lot of the anti-terrorism legislation is very t closely tied with the um, uh, money transfer business and stuff. So you have the, the, the drug laws, anti-terrorism stuff, and the um, currency stuff, it was just very close. And I was just, it seemed very murky and kind of scary. But also, you, you potentially, like, you're, you're a uh, target for hackers? Well, so that's the other thing. So, right, so let's just assume that risk never happens, right? You spend a lot of money on lawyers, or you don't spend money on lawyers, and you just cross your fingers and hope that you're okay. You, you follow what you think are... Okay, so you, bu you build a great technology. Your, your currency exchange works because you, you're so well-versed in high-frequency trading. 
you build an exchange that works better than any of the exchanges out there. So now you're trading 10 million. At least it's a first tier one. Maybe there's a couple other, but it's a first tier. You're trading 10 million a day. Yeah. So I feel like, but then the minute you get some, some aggressive prosecutor, I mean, you saw what happened to Aaron Schwartz, right? Right. You know, it doesn't mean like, well, the law. No, but I'm talking about hackers. I know, I know. So, so you could just they could shut your ass down like that, right? Or you right. could all of a sudden find yourself in in with subpoenas and. But let's assume that none of that was a problem. It didn't happen, right? Right. Okay. Next problem: you get hacked. You lose. You, you, you lose go, two million in Bitcoin. Yeah, you lose everything. You, know, you all of a sudden they get you know, and now now they shut down your exchange. Your exchanges are for a while. You lose a ton of Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. Um, or maybe they they somehow they manage to seep it out over time or do some kind of crazy hack. Because it's like it seems like no matter how clever your security defense, defenses, security systems, there's always somebody out there who can. I was even it. reading that that someone had found a way of hacking offline bitcoins, like even stuff that's in on paper. See, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, like <laughs> yeah, and you know, I well, I have the ability to learn a lot about security, and I did learn a lot about security, and we were researching that and doing a lot of what I think are the right things. I haven't spent 10 years thinking about it, you know? And so I would call myself a world-class security expert. So other people out there who, who spent years and years and years cracking systems who could probably outthink the protocols that came up? Probably. I mean, it seems to happen every day. Microsoft yeah. and Google and everybody else, right? Yeah, why? They're really big, huge company, huge companies with massive resources and, and just groves of brilliant security people and they still get yeah turned upside down so and then they they run you out of business because they take all your funds or whatever but then you have a vigilante force coming after you because the people who lost their bitcoins they think maybe you just hacked yourself yeah that seems what happened with the part with the pirate what's his name that mount gox thing mount gox carpools or whatever right and then uh they, they think that the main guy like did it. I think that it got Mint Pal. There's Mint Pal Justice, and I think there's a guy. There's like two or three. And they, a lot of them. There are a lot of people who are very angry at the um, owners, the people who ran these exchanges, and think it was their fault, and are blaming them, and are trying to seek justice from another. So now you get a vigilante group coming after you, right? And who knows what that's going to be? What would that would amount to? Is it is it lawsuits? Is it like you're going to be doxxed. You're going to have a bunch of an, an, an anonymous doxing you. I mean, who knows what the hell that could do, right? I'm just, and all I, you did is like not have the absolute perfect security known to man, the best security known to man. Somehow you had one error in some genius hacker out of who knows where hacked you. And now all of a sudden you have thousands of people who lost lots of money who, are, who want your head. I'm just thinking of our 2000 listeners. There's probably like two groups of people who are building a, a currency exchange right now. And they're, they're just... Like the air is being like taken out of their sails, you know? All right, yeah. <laughs> and then the third one, which, it, you know, okay, maybe this is fantasy. Maybe I've watched too many episodes of 24 or whatever, but I thought, you know, I'm sort of surprised that I haven't read an article in Wired or something about this that one of these Russian, Eastern European, mafia type, whatever, hasn't said, hey, you know what a great way to make money would be? Let's go and abduct one of the guys that runs one of these little crypto exchanges and or one of their kids or one of their spouses or family members and say, you got exactly 
four hours to hand over your keys. To it's a plot your, line. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be, it would seem to be kind of the easiest thing in the world, right? Yeah. Because these are just like average people walking around. It's not like, you're not talking about the CEO Bank of America or something, you know, and even if you did move money through the, the banking system, it's all traceable. So basically, you're a Russian mafia target is your, is your final reason. I, I'm just shocked that that hasn't happened, you know? I mean, and I'm like, would I want to be walking around with a, you seem like if you got, if you were successful enough, you know, you would ultimately become a target. Yeah. Right. People would find out who you are and people can find out who you are, which they can, they could probably find out. But I mean, that's true of any entrepreneur, isn't it? Who is successful. I mean, no, you're thinking because it's easier with Bitcoin, it's easier. Bitcoin, because they can just transfer. Oh uh, yeah. Out, okay. Right? right. So, um, you know, that's. Yeah, I mean, you can't just like, it's a lot harder to pull off an actual ransom case in the real world and in, in first world countries and stuff. Yeah. You get a lot of money out. And- well, I mean, somehow the, the, the ship pirates have always managed to make, I mean, obviously not in every case, but th- there's some cases where they've made money. You nope. know, the, Som- the Somalian ship pirates, like that's crazy to Somalian, me. Somalian, oh, the Somalian. The Somalian, like that's crazy, you know, like Captain Phillips, like that's amazing that that actually is a business, like. They can make money by hijacking a ship and sure. getting money back for it. Yeah, that's, so that's crazy. So I just, I just decided that that was just more risk than I wanted, and I was also, and as we were kind of getting far along in the in the technology, we just think there was. It seemed like a new exchange was popping up like every week. You know, it was just the space was too hot. There were too many competitors, and and I just thought, you know what, I don't see the upside, and I see way too much risk. And even though we spent a lot of time building this. It's just, I don't think it's worth it. And so I told the guys, I'm like, I'm going to pull out. If you guys want to continue. Was this recent? Well, I actually had this conversation back. Probably, I would say like, mm, maybe a little less than a year ago. Okay. So, and, so, oh, okay. So we're just hearing about this now, but it's still part of the year of no. Well, it was, but then it kind of dragged on and then they were like, oh, well, we want you to think about it. Because I said, you know, I'm really busy with Uber. I don't, I don't know if I, I, I could put it at the time. Because I was thinking about these things, but all, on top of everything, I just was short on time. It's always. But also, it's not nice to let down people. Yeah, I didn't want to let them down and they really wanted me to continue. And I said, look, if you guys want to continue on me, go ahead. I mean, a lot of this stuff is built, but I just don't know if I can, you know, I don't know, A, if I, I really don't have much time, but B, there's a lot of risk in here that I don't like. And the way things are going with Uber and everything, like I don't know if I really need to take that kind of risk. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know if that's a smart good thinking. And so, um, well, you, your thinking's right. Yeah, but and then nothing really has happened. They were like, kind of like, "We'll wait till you're ready." And and then as getting towards the end of the year, and I just said, "You know, what? we never really like this is just an open loop. You know, we're just not doing anything about this." So I finally sent an email, like, "Guys, once again, like I'm out." You guys go for it. You absolutely, you know, it's all yours. But I, just, I know I can't do it. So it was nice to get that off my shoulders as well. Right? Yeah, that's too. So, so um, with God's tweets, you're done with that right now? No. So that's the ongoing. I tried to install that from the app store and it like didn't yeah, I know. do anything. I know, that's yeah. the problem. We, we uploaded a new version and then uh, something didn't work. So we're trying to upload a new version. I don't know how it got okay. past the approval process, but it didn't work. But um, it's a crapshoot. Their approval process. Yeah, so um, we'll see. Hopefully, it gets approved again. But um, yeah, we moved everything over to EC2, and and uh, I had to rebuild the app for some different reasons. I mean, one thing that really sucked is 
they moved the app. It was under Mark's personal, under his name and personal Apple developer account. And then they set up an LLC and they moved it over to there. And by doing that, it screwed up all of our keys and everything. Mm. And so then it just, that's been a nightmare getting that moved over. (sighs) Okay. So, so when will you be done with that then? When will the year of no? I'm hoping, I mean, I, I mean, we submit to the app store. If it, if it works, if it's accepted the app store, then I can say, okay, I'm out. <laughs> okay. You know, I'll help you vet a new developer or whatever. And you guys can. All right. So how many other projects do you have open? One other consulting project that's pretty small. I mean, it's like 25 hours. So we're, we've done, I put in like 20, 23, 24 hours total. Yeah. Um, and it's for a company called Oplytic that a buddy of mine works at. And it was one of those things like, oh, it's really small, you know, 20 hours. You know, I submit about 20 hours or so, and it's going to be a little longer than that, as things always are. And, um, but the thing is that 20 hours is always comes at the expense of, like, my free time. Yeah. You know, every time you get other stuff done. So it's just like, damn it. Like, I just I got to work again on a Sunday or I got to, yeah, and I'm, like, stressing out about it. So it's like, I try to move all that crap. So all I have to worry about is, I really, the only things I want to worry about is Uber and the and, kids and the math. Math team. Math team. Yeah. That's that's it. I don't at this point in MV Code Club. You know, I'll advise MV Code Club. I'll How much time are you spending on MD, MV Code Club every week now? Oh, two to three phone calls a week. Uh, oh, so like an hour long, so maybe three hours a week? Yeah, maybe not an hour long. You know, maybe there's one 45 minute call, two half hour calls. That's cool. like that at most. Yeah. Sometimes it's two calls a week, you know, less. It's not that much, but. Um, it's fun. You know, I get to participate and serve as a sounding board and help brainstorm. I'm, at the same time, I'm like, it's your thing. You know, ultimately you do what you want to do. I'm, I believe, in, I, I believe in you. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy to talk things out and give you my opinion, but you know, feel free to just do it your way. Cause you know, you're the one doing the hard work. So, um, so we have a good relationship because of that, you know, um, but so that's nice. It doesn't take up really any time. It's just kind of fun conversation. Um, and then I could just worry about Uber and, uh, I mean, because Uber is so close now, I just got to walk that thing in. I vest, you know, it's like, four-year vesting <laughs> is like July 21st or something. And I'm like, you know, I just got to walk that sucker in. And Let's just hope it doesn't, it's not like the Seahawks. Oh. You know, we, <laughs> well, just that know, last. No, it's almost like a Groupon or a Zynga or <laughs> yeah. something, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it doesn't so, seem like that's going to happen. It doesn't seem like it's it. too much momentum. It's, there's always... You know, it's always possible. There's no, you don't want to count your chickens. Mm. I mean, but at the same time, um, you have to like extrapolate to a certain degree and go, okay, well, the way things are going, I have to make certain choices in life based on that. You know, you don't want to act. You want to assume that it's not going to work when the evidence is that it is going to work financially and then make a bunch of decisions that are just really suboptimal based on that. Yeah. Like I would, if I didn't, if I wasn't betting that Uber is going to be successful. And I'm not talking about it's going to be 10x what it is. I'm like, even if it just was like it is now, like, mm-hmm. or the valuation is that it, it, what it is now when it goes public or whatever. I mean, I mean, if, if I didn't assume that, I wouldn't even have been invested in MV Code Club, right? Yeah. I mean, the reason I invested in MV Code Club is because it's like, well... You already saw the, the momentum. You know, we're... I mean, I think we got retirement and kids' education locked down. So I don't have to worry about that. So I can, you know take some money and invest in a Code club. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to do that. So, yeah, because you literally took it from the kids' fund. Took it to the education <laughs> fund. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so um uh yeah. 
So yeah, this is the year of less is still more. No. Still no, less is more. But was there any um te- like tech links or anything no, like that? So um, we probably need to finish it up in about ten minutes. Already? Yeah, because we can start. just going back. I know, but we're just going. I'm back. not talking to you before our shows anymore, like we did this time. It, we wasted all the time talking about stuff <laughs> we can't record. So um, let's see. Um, oh, you know, it's funny thing related to the no. I so I have this one guy I'm friends with who I work out with at the gym sometimes. He's young, young entrepreneur, he's 27, 28. And he's, he's lately, he's been introing me to a lot of people. And I've been like, I've got like four or five intros. And I'm like, hi, dude, no more intros. Oh, so the intro, so he's introducing you because he's thinking, oh, I'll hook you up. Like, well, you know, he's like, he just is trying to be helpful. Right, right. Like, it's like, it's like a, um, it's a nice thing if you like, oh, you guys would probably have a lot to talk about, or you guys would, maybe there's something you can do together. Right, who knows, right? Yeah. You might have been a facilitator, connector, you know? And I'm like, and I was, you know, I was appreciative. Like, oh, it's nice to hear. He's like, oh, you should meet so-and-so. Can I intro? I'm like, all right, yeah, sure. But then I realized, like, you know what? The problem with the intros is, is it burns my time. Right. You know, even if you meet really cool people, like, in fact, there's one guy I met, I think he listens to the show. He said he's been listening to the show. Um, we had lunch. Great guy. You know, <laughs> we had a great time. But I now... It's like, I, I can only have so many of those lunches. I, I actually have to get work done during the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, he, he sent me a couple other emails. Uh, I was like, okay, after this, like, I'll do more. I, I, I'm sure these people are interesting, smart, great people, but I just, I, I got to get stuff done. That's funny. Yeah. You know, I, no, no, no more. He's, You've already got too much goodness in your life. No more goodness. Well, it's like, well, what? Well, here's the thing. I got an email. You know who introduced me today? I got an intro, or yesterday, from the Sarah Lynn who does the body composition stuff. Yeah. So I get an intro to this guy. She's like, oh, you got to meet this guy. He's like this brand specialist, blah, blah. He's a genius. You guys really need to talk. And so the guy's email is like, hey, you want to get together? I'm like, oh. <laughs> you know, and I'm sure. But it's not like you don't talk to everyone in, the, in any line you're in anyway. I mean, any, anytime I've ever seen you in a line, you speak to everyone there. So you already are killing your own time with your... You make your own intros. You don't need other people to in, to make intros. Well, what happens is, <laughs> well, you know, if I'm like, if I'm out somewhere, then I'm not really, I'm talking while I'm doing something else. I'm at the park right. with the kids or something, right? But now I'm coordinating with somebody. I got to go meet for lunch. Yeah, it's, it's a proper intro. It's it takes, interesting. So now instead of me having a 45 minute lunch, now it's going to be an hour and a half. Now I got to coordinate it. And now it's a big chunk out of my day. We're going to go meet for coffee. So there goes an hour out of my morning, right? <laughs> and it's like, and they're all very low, low probabilities that they're going to have anything. You're going to have any real direct positive impact on what I'm trying to get done. I can't take on any more projects, right? No more projects. So what, why am I meeting people? You answer, why would I meet people? I mean, it's, it seems like it, it's a great thing for you to do once Uber's IPO'd and you, and you'll find you don't kind of need to work anymore. Um, but Right now, it's well. It depends it's on whether IPO. Time. I may still have to work. I don't, you know. It's not. It's not. It may not be that level. We'll see. Yeah, I may have to worry about retirement, education, up about a house, but it's not like I'm going to be next Peter Thiel or something. I mean, right. Get correct magnitudes here, and when people get the wrong idea. Okay. But um, the the thing is, um, what uh, you know, the thing is, like, you just got to think specifically. Like, why am I meeting 
people. Like, I, why am I taking time out of my work day to go meet a bunch of other people? I mean, I guess the reason why you do it is, it's like you say, to optimize for your, ultimately it's kind of to, opt, to, to see what happens and to optimize for your long-term future. But you kind of already done that. Yeah, I mean, it, what happens is they, it just, it becomes a big distraction, like ideas and talking and phone calls and trade emails. It's just like, it just becomes things that are distracting you from doing the, th- the few things that you really are important to you that you want to get done, you know? And uh, so I'm, I'm trying to like, even not even do that. Like, I don't even want to meet anyone new. <laughs> I mean, it, it, if you, what you would really like to spend your time doing is the math club, right? Like that's your main, math class, most yeah. fun thing, right? I, I yeah, I guess as you as you say, I have the madness about it. Yeah, you know, I mean, and it's not going away. This is like one of the longer madnesses I've seen you have. Yeah, no, I mean it's not, and uh, and it's um, you know, I'm gonna have them at least through eighth grade. I mean, like, and I love it, right? And it, it takes up time, you know. And really, I need to focus on Uber, doing a good job at Uber, and then I do that, and like the rest of the time, I like to still have time to like you know actually go to the gym or. Maybe watch a show at night or something else and not be stressed about like, oh, they got three other things hanging over my head that I got to do. You know, I'm getting tired of that. I'm just tired. I'm tired of Saturdays and Sundays feeling like there's 15 things I got to try to get done knowing I'm only going to get two of them done or three of them done, you know, and then feeling guilty. So I'm stressed about stuff I get done. Then I'm feeling guilty then at the weekend that I didn't get them done. Yeah. Or that I can't just say, you know what? I'm going to just spend a couple hours and watch a movie with Colby. And then I feel guilty because like I should have done some work. Yeah. Happy feeling, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that sucks. I'm like, I'm just not going to do that anymore. Especially when a lot of this stuff is like low probability that's going to have any real positive impact on anything. It's just kind of like, it's just a thing that is kind of neat or interesting in my work, right? <laughs> you know, but the reality is, like before, as I mentioned before, when you do all these things, the more things you do, the less probability those other things is going to be success. I mean, all the things that you see people do that are successful. I mean, the vast, vast majority of them, like that was their laser focus that they were on, right? Mm. I mean, Travis was not doing three things or did Uber, right? Mark Zuckerberg wasn't doing five. I mean, you know, you go down the list, you know, people were all doing one thing. I mean, the only real exception is Elon Musk. And, you know, he also had, uh, you know, Tesla was already had other people running. He came on later. Right, I mean, but he, he, he founded the, it. Right? He was not the founder. He, he, he was, was the not. CEO early. No, no, no. There's oh, a big really? history. You need to read the history. So there was oh. another guy, a couple of guys who founded it, and they went through a series of money raises, and then they got stuff going, and then Elon came on later, and then he was just an investor, and then later he took over as CEO. But that was just years after he was going. Interesting. Yeah, and he even had the working the Roadster was already out, I think, when he before he came. To see That's it. very interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, and um, you know, not to saying that he isn't amazing that he did those two things but of course you have a lot of money have a lot of people doing lots of things it's not like us where it's like if i'm not working on it nothing is happening yeah i mean that's completely different right it's weird like how do how do you i can't even envision how you could be ceo of two companies like that a spacex and a tesla like what how do the how does it what does his day look like i think he splits his and he just puts his time and he has lots of, well, you know, he has, very, he has probably, hit, he says he works 80 hour days. I mean, 80 hour weeks, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, I'm sorry, 80 hour weeks. Or, <laughs> you know, 14 hour days or something crazy. So he works ridiculous amount of time. So he probably doesn't spend as much time with his kids as he should or probably wants to. So he's just sacrificing for sure. Um, and probably some very empowered 
um, executives at these companies that do a lot of the heavy lifting so he doesn't have to. Now, I'm sure, as he said, that he's incredibly bright and hardworking, and so he reads everything and knows everything and stuff, but you still have to have people making decisions and doing things in your absence, you know? Mm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, but there's always an exception to the role of the Elon Musk is the exception to the role, but the vast majority of people who succeed at anything, they pretty much laser focused on that thing. Yeah. You know, and I was talking to like, this, like I said, that one kid, Alan, who, uh, the, the young entrepreneur who I hang out with at the gym and he's, he's doing like three or four things. And I just, we were just working oh, on he is? just shaking his head. I'm like, stop, stop, yeah. stop doing that. He's like, well, just going to see how this works. I'm yeah, like, I know. They Alan, always do. Yeah. Alan, Alan, I'm like, Alan, Alan, look, look at me. Complete look at me. focus. <laughs> <laughs> you need to admit you have a problem <laughs> first. You have a problem. I like. I've had that. Problem. It took you till forty five to forty four to to get there. Yeah, so like just, he's just you know. Don't like just pick the one. There was one that was obviously just do that. And if it doesn't work, fine. Give it your all. Mm. And if it if you if it stops working, or you realize come to a point where it's just is not going to work. Stop do something else. But if you use two other things. It's just you're not going all. You know, it's the kind of thing I said to you about any food where you were like, well, maybe something will happen, and I'm like. Nothing, no magic or serendipity ever happens when you're not putting your all into something. Mm. You know, it just, I've never seen it happen. Those amazing, surprising, miracle things with timing and stuff happen, it seems to be when you are just putting everything you got into something. Did you see that air pair are in Y Combinator? I knew that. That was a long time ago. Oh, yeah, okay. That was, that's, that's Justin's news time. <laughs> Six so, months yeah, That was, hello, 2012. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, like 2000, Justin, 2013, no, 2014. Call, 2013 called, they want their news back. 2014, that was. They, they're they in sure. that 2014 batch, yeah. Uh, no. I if you type yclist.com, 2014. Winter of 2014? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. At least that old. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. Um, they want uh, their news back. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, I, so so what you're saying is so basically with the anything thing, nothing would have happened because we're not kind of creating lock surface area by being part of it. It it's just a thing that no one's paying any attention to. The only time people pay attention to stuff is because there's some kind of megaphone amplifying its waves outwards. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's like you. It's a it's a it's a side effect of energetic execution. It's like luck and opportunity and good things happen to people who work really hard. It's like, you know, I used to analogy in soccer. It's like, if you're just standing on a soccer field, the ball never comes to you. You're never just going to get the ball and then just shoot at the goal, just randomly. You just stand there for like 20 games. It'll never come to you. You know, if you're running your ass off, trying to get in the play and trying to make stuff happen, like stuff will happen. You'll create opportunities. You know, if you're just kind of jogging around there half-assing, you know, Talking to people on the sideline. It's like a <laughs> score goal. Ever. Ever. You're not even going to get the ball, you know? And um, you might whiff at it once as it goes passing by, you know? You have to be 100% focused on that ball and on the game play and trying to get yourself in a position to score and, you know, whatever. I mean, Do you still play soccer? You know, funny you bring that up. I, you know, I, when I strained my um, uh, groin, my adductor attachment, um, Back in November, I mean, I haven't been able to play basketball or soccer. So my Sunday day bas- Sunday basketball is off, and my and I put the soccer team on hold. We, we they have like a season every three months, and I told them um, I just it's just too much. I mean, I always have to front the money. I have to go to all the games, even if I'm not playing. 
And I was like, you know what? If I'm not going to play, like, let's just pull out a season. So we're going to we're sitting out. No one else would take it over from you. Nobody ever. Nobody wants to do that. You know. Year of no. I'm like, all right. Well, I'm. I, I can't play. I'm injured. You know. I. You know. Screw it. Like. You know. When I'm healthy again, I can play again. We'll put the team back together and. Plus, we've been playing like year, like literally year round for the last like two and a half, three years, like almost a game every week. Because like, I don't know, we could take a break, you know. That's a lot of soccer and whatever. But um, oh, and speaking of, you know, Operation Super- Superhero, that's on hold because not only is my I was trained groin, but I have a strained ligament in my left, my right elbow. Wait, how did that happen? From the weights, even though you were doing the middle of the bar. No, it wasn't that. It was, I was actually trying, I, was, I mean, this is really stupid. So um, I was curling, I was doing a preacher curl and I had a lot of weight, 100 pounds. And I was doing preacher curls like 100 pounds and I was maxing out and it's just, it was too much weight. Like it was just stupid. I was just like, ah, I just could go really heavy and I just strained. Because, because that's not really involved in your dunking. So you're like, okay, I'll work this other part of my body that, well, I'm working my whole body. I'm trying to get strong. Being strong really right. helps with all that, you know? Yeah. And I was not, obviously my dunking wasn't my only goal. I wanted to get myself in ultimate condition. Oh yeah. Cause you wanted to bench 315 as right. well. So, but I've just, I've been trying to work around my, in, my right elbow and my left leg. And it's like, I can't do anything in gym without aggravating one of them. And they're just not getting any better. So you're going to have to take a break. I am. I'm in the process of taking a break. I finally realized about a week and a half or two weeks ago, I was like, I, just, I, can, I can try and go to the gym and try and do certain exercises and try not to aggravate them. But all I'm doing is aggravating them enough so that I'm making no forward progress in the, in the injuries, but I'm not working out hard enough to really do anything. Yeah. So all I'm doing is running in place and wasting time. So why don't you, so you're just going to the gym and doing uh, elliptical now, which totally sucks, but it's like, it's all I can do. Right. Okay. I'm just like, well, I might as well just be time efficient. I go do 45 minutes with the goal and call the day. And it's really, really boring, (laughs) really annoying. But I mean, I'm just trying to get better. Hopefully two, three months I'll be healed up, but we'll see. I don't know. It's a real bummer. Oh, one other thing I wanted to talk about. um, Yeah, sure. Wanted to, um, let's see, I'm just in my notes. Um, I just want to give you a real quick update on the, on the math thing. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So, um, so we have finished up to algebra one. Now that's what's the, what's the comparison? Algebra one is traditionally taught in ninth grade, which would be 15 year olds. And you are teaching 10 year olds -olds. and 11 year olds. Okay. So which grade they're in fifth grade. So now if you're, Yeah. yeah. So if you're a year ahead, in math, you might learn it in eighth grade, so fourteen. So you know, three years ahead. There was four years ahead, but we finished it in half a year. Now we're moving on to algebra two and trigonometry and some precalculus, which are like normally like taught to like seventeen, sixteen, seventeen year olds. Well, what about the um, card game that, to teach the math? Yeah, see, that's interesting. So I kind of I kind of roll that into the math class. That's kind of something I'm built. I'm doing with you know for yeah. the class and. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm trying to get rid of all this other stuff. So on a Sunday, I don't have to worry about doing work for some client or something. I can you can go, print the cards up and yeah, I can work yeah. on the cards, work on the problem sets for the kid. You know, it's okay. like, you know, I want to put my, I want to put time into that. You know, that's what I kind of have the madness. about. So, um, looks like George is just getting back. So, okay. So, well, I guess, um, 
Oh, one thing I just want to say about it is funny. Like we're preparing the kids. We have the big math competition, math field day coming up and it's on fifth grade math. Right. And we were looking at it. We're like, this <laughs> 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 just looks hilariously <laughs> simple. Like you just forgot, like we've been doing high school math and you so go back to what's so advanced and oh like, my Oh my God, like we need to practice this because the kid is so simple. The kids are gonna be like, what? Like you're going to overthink the problems. Oh, like, wow. Literally. That's the question. <laughs> You know, it is literally like a word problem with like one third times four fifths. You know, that's your that's your problem to solve. You know, wow. So they're probably going to do pretty well. Probably going to win. Hope so. We'll see. All right. Well, that's it, right? We're out. Yeah. Yes. All right. That's a wrap. We're out.